By the year 1879, San Antonio, Texas was a bustling and booming metropolis, already home to nearly 20,000 souls. It was also located smack dab in what I like to call Wild West Central. The Comanche may have been mostly relegated to the reservation at this point, but there were still wild Apache out there looking to raise your hair, as well as hundreds, if not thousands, of outlaws, rustlers, ne'er-do-wells, and road agents hoping to raise your billfold, some of whom found themselves locked up in the old Bear County Jail there in San Antonio, at least the ones who weren't immediately hanged. Remember, this was the Old West, and back in them days, justice wasn't always just. And more than a few accused got their necks stretched before even so much as stepping foot inside of a courtroom. That said, the lucky ones not summarily executed would have the pleasure of staying at the Shrimp Hotel, the name affectionately given to the brand new jail facility built there in San Antonio on Cameron Street. Initially a two-story limestone building containing just 20 cells, the city would only continue to grow and with more population comes more crime. Wasn't long before additional accommodations were needed, but due to zoning laws, the builders could not expand outward, only upward. As such, a third floor of the jail was constructed, and then another, until at its prime, the Bear County Jail was a five-story masterpiece that housed over 300 inmates, one of whom was a man named Clemente Apollinar. And oh boy, what a tale of terror we have on our hands here. The story goes that Clemente was traveling on foot to San Antonio from Floresville, Texas, some 30-odd miles to the southeast where he had been visiting family. It was mid-August, and I don't know if you're aware, but it gets darn hot in Texas come summertime. And as such, Mr. Apollinar had worked up quite a thirst. Having made this trip more than once, however, the dehydrated traveler did have a favorite drinking hole where he liked to rest. A shady spot on Salado Creek where the water was just right. Clean, clear, and cool. At least it usually was. On this particular day, upon arriving at the oasis, Clemente grew irate when he saw that the normally pristine water was a murky, muddy mess, unfit for a man to drink. Turns out two boys were to blame, a 14-year-old Theodore Bernhard and his little brother Kirby. The youngsters had taken a break from herding cattle and decided to cool off in the creek, playing around as boys do and creating a big mess. Enraged at this point, Clemente rushed after the young duo, overtaking Theodore, grabbing him and throwing him to the ground. He then heaved up a large rock and began bashing the young man's head in, again and again. The demented Clemente slammed the rock down on the boy's skull, caving it in. And he weren't done yet. I guess killing Theodore wasn't enough. Clemente then produced a knife and disfigured the young man's face, scooped his brains out of his now broken skull, and even cut the boy's eyeballs out one of which he pocketed before continuing on his trip. Finishing his journey later that day in San Antonio, Clemente began bragging about what he had done, even fishing the severed eyeball out of his pocket and showing it to all who dared to look. Obviously, it wasn't long before authorities were alerted. They nabbed Senor Clemente off the streets and promptly placed his ass in the old Bear County Jail, that one that was built way back in 1879. Now, it soon became apparent that Clemente was insane. No surprise there, right? Like, legit medically insane. Apparently, the killer had suffered a head trauma as a child, and he had just never been the same. He was prone to seizures and thought to be what's now called a paranoid schizophrenic. Hell, Clemente had already done a few stints in the nearby mental hospital, but every time he was committed, he simply escaped. And at first, the general public was at odds as far as what to do with him. A lot of people wanted the killer strung up immediately. I mean, you can't really blame him there, right? What he did was evil, truly the devil's work. 
On the other hand, his defenders urge that you couldn't, in all good conscience, execute a crazy person. That it's not the morally correct thing to do, especially if they don't even understand the difference between right and wrong. All calls for clemency were soon vanquished, however, when Clemente himself bragged, as he was being shuffled into the jailhouse in chains, that he'd have also killed the other boy too if only he could have got a hold of him. Long story short, Clemente Apollinar was sentenced to hang by the neck till he'd be dead, dead, dead. And as fate would have it, he would not have to go far to do so, as the Bear County Jail had its own indoor gallows where they could execute prisoners right there in the comfy confines of the building. The scaffold was on the third floor with a trapdoor underneath, allowing the condemned to fall through down to the second floor, giving any onlookers and other inmates one hell of a show. And so it was that Clemente was eventually led up to that dreaded third floor and read his death warrant. Under normal circumstances, a dark hood would be placed over the soon-to-be-dead inmate's head, but Apollinar refused this. So the executioners just put the noose around his neck and pulled the lever plunging the man through the trap door down to meet his eternal reward. The only problem was that the noose was either too tight or just not applied correctly. Clemente's larynx was immediately snapped, causing him to nearly be decapitated as blood splurted everywhere, even several feet away onto the horrified onlookers. Oh yes, onlookers. This was, after all, a public execution. The last public execution in the entire state of Texas, in fact. And the last time anyone got hanged in the old Bear County Jail. But some say the killer's spirit yet lingers. You see, not only does the jail still stand, but you can even spend the night there, if you dare. It would officially be closed in 1962 and used over the years as an archives and storage facility before, oddly enough, becoming a motel. First a comfort inn, and ever since 2009 at least, a Holiday Inn Express which located at 120 Cameron Street, less than a mile away from the Alamo, is still in operation to this day. Rumor has it that the scaffold once stood in what is now room 304, and guests directly below in room 204 have reported seeing the silhouette of a man hanging. And they ain't the only ones with spooky stories. Both employees and guests alike have had their fair share of creepy sightings over the years, as well as the distinct feeling of constantly being watched. The rooms are said to get unnaturally cold, even in the extreme heat of summer. Motion-activated security monitors switch on when there's nobody to be seen, and the lights in the laundry room flicker or just shut off altogether for no good reason. One guest had his laptop literally wrenched from his hands from an invisible source and thrown across the room, while another awoke to a heavy, painful pressure on his forearm, as if something unseen had clamped down upon him. The following day, he had a large five-fingered bruise on the exact same spot. And then there's the physical reminders of what the motel once was. You can still see graffiti left by prisoners if you know where to look. The windows retain their original bars, and I can't verify this, but they say there are marks down one wall where an executed man ran his fingernails after falling through the trap door. So what do you think? Now me, I don't believe in ghosts. I think more than likely there's a very good scientific explanation for all of these events. That said, would I personally stay at this Holiday Inn? Fuck no. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little-stitious. And there you have it. The story of the old San Antonio jail and the last public hanging in Texas. It's just a little short, creepy, Wild West-adjacent Halloween episode to get the blood flowing. I mean, Lord knows we discuss enough hangings on this podcast to at least shine some light on the last official one conducted in the Lone Star State. 
The last public one, I mean. Uh, the very last hanging officially conducted in Texas would take place six months later when a convicted murderer named Nathan Lee got the noose. After that, authorities would switch to the electric chair. Now, I did get a bit sidetracked looking up execution information. Thought I'd share a few odds and ends with you in case you're interested. For instance, apparently only four people have been executed via firing squad here in Texas, three of whom were Confederate deserters, with the fourth being a convicted rapist. All total, Texas has put to death over 1,300 people officially. Now, given all that we've discussed previously on this podcast, you would think the bulk of these executions occurred back during the 1800s, right? Oh, no. That's what I thought, too, but check this out. For instance, how many people do you think were executed in Texas between the years 1860 and 1869? You know, during those bloody, volatile Reconstruction years. 100, 200, more? Try 20. The 1870s would see that number more than double to 50. And then in the 1880s, the state of Texas executed 65 people. It dips down a bit over the next century. Some decades getting as low as just 29 people being put to death in the 1960s to zero in the 1970s when I believe there was a moratorium. But then Texas started playing catch-up. 166 people were put down in the 90s, followed by a whopping 248 between the year 2000 and 2009. Holy shit, that's a lot of people. Great comedian Ron White was only half-joking when he said that while other states are trying to abolish the death penalty... Here in Texas, we're putting in an express lane. It is worth noting that these numbers are just the legal state-sanctioned executions. If you were to take into account the number of people strung up by lynch mobs in the old days, you'd have a much higher number, especially in the latter part of the 19th century that we usually discuss. Many a man was broken out of jail and hanged from a telegraph pole, and many a prisoner got accidentally shot while air quotes escaping. While these were not state-sanctioned executions, legally speaking... Oftentimes, the authorities were somewhat involved, or at least they turned a blind eye to it. So obviously, the numbers are skewed a bit. If you're looking for a more realistic count, you might check out the Lynching in Texas Project, who've identified more than 700 lynchings statewide. All right, that's enough of that. Oh, and by the way, just in case you're firing up the old email fingers right now to correct me on the pronunciation of Bear County, don't. This is one of the few times I'm actually 100% confident that I'm saying the word correctly. I know it's spelled B-E-X-A-R, but the X or the H is silent. Everybody who lives in San Antonio calls it Bear County, even those who are fluent in Spanish. Alright, like I said in the last episode of the Modoc War, next up here on the Wild West Extravaganza, we will be tackling Old West Detective, Lawman, and one-time outlaw, Frank Canton as well as revisiting the Johnson County War. And I am really excited to share this story with you. I do plan on changing up the release schedule just a little bit, as I feel like with a series is asking too much of you, the listener, to wait two weeks between each installment. So what I'm going to do is go ahead and finish writing and recording the whole shebang and release an episode every week. This is kind of what Legends of the Old West does, and I think it works pretty well for them, so I'm going to give it a go. So if you don't hear from me for a few weeks, you know why. As always, feel free to visit my website, wildwestextra.com, to check out more true tales from the wild and woolly west. And while you're there, go ahead and hit that contact button. Shoot me an email. Or you can email me direct at josh at wildwestextra.com. If you did miss the end of my most recent episode, I am now putting forth into the universe a semi-regular newsletter. Hot and ready to be delivered straight into that tight little inbox of yours. 
This is 100% free, and you can sign up at wildwestjosh.substack.com. Link in the show notes, or you can visit my website and wait for that pop-up and just put in your email address. Hell, you really don't even have to sign up. Just go to wildwestjosh.substack and click the Let Me Try It option. And these newsletters are just going to be my way of sharing extra stuff in regards to the topics we're discussing. Pictures, cool links, or just whatever I think might be interesting to you. Did I mention it's free? I have already put out my most recent edition with photos of both Clemente and that old jailhouse in San Antonio. And all right, that's it and that's that. Try not to kill anybody and gouge out their eyes this Halloween. And if you do, don't go strolling around the Riverwalk bragging about it. Adios. Tight little inbox ears.